What's up, man? Oh, hey, Ben. How are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm just reading my Wall Street Journal here. <laughs> While you're making small talk. <laughs> uh, uh, so th is that how you prep for the show? Is uh, you read the, the Wall Street Journal? Uh, I do read the Wall Street Journal every day. Matter of fact, I'm reading a great article. Literally, I just picked this up, but here's a good article. Can you see that? Uh, let's see. There we go. Stay right there. Yes. Oh, there we go. Healthy children don't need COVID vaccines. And that's in the Wall Street Journal. That's a great article. Um, you know, it kind of turns out Florida was right. You shouldn't give healthy children vaccines for COVID. But, you know, again, that's opinionated, but that's kind of where I, what I believe. Why would you give a healthy child a COVID vaccine and take the risk of it? Uh, when COVID in kids is really, unless you have a lot of risk factors, you know, the benefits um, may not outweigh the risk. And besides that, the vaccine is not lasting long at all for these kids or virtually for anybody. So um, it's an interesting article if you want to go read it. It's it's a good opinion. You know, everything's opinion, you know? Yep. Any, everything's opinion. I don't care what it is. It's opinion. So you have to use some common sense and form your own opinion about things and do your research and make your own decisions about your own health care and certainly health care of your own kids, you know. Um, but uh, you, you put out a, a post uh, recently talking about how um, it, it was referring to when, you know, we were saying that the low fat diet was good. You know, obviously we found out that, you know, uh, that's when everybody started to get fat, you, you know, when everybody went on a low fat diet. So it seems like uh, when things come out, you, you have to like you have to look at lots of different things because, you know, there could be studies that say one thing. And then in three years, you know, we learned that it was wrong, you know, and right. don't say fat, Ben. That's not politically correct. OK, use the term obese. <laughs> I'm kidding. I don't care what you say. I'm kidding. Uh, I, I got to figure. Yeah, we got to go over what we, what we can and cannot say. Uh, how are things? What you think? Say what you feel. How are things going in the office? You got an update for us? Well, busy. I mean, we've been very busy, seems lately. And, you know, we've got our Bristol office going and Virginia. And uh, it's just been good. We've got a great staff. Um, it's just been fantastic. We have good management team and we've got great patients and uh, we do our best to give them time and to take care of them. Um, even some fairly complex cases. Uh, Anything you're seeing uh, more of uh, than usual? or uh, uh, I mean, you know, we're treating some long COVID patients and, um, you know, um, Seems like a lot of complex metabolic hormonal cases uh, that we're seeing. Uh, but again, the best place to start is your gut and then get a Cleveland heart panel and let's take it from there and let's listen to what your um, concerns are about your health. And then we'll you know, work at it, you know, step by step and try to try to help you. Well, speaking of that, we've got some. Uh, great questions, uh, you know, concerning uh, some health related topics that, you know, I think, you know, obviously they're uh, specific to some people, but I think in general, it's going to, you know, uh, help lots of people because often when 
someone's thinking the question. Uh, many others are thinking the same thing as well. And I, th this one stood out to me um, that came in uh, over email. And the question is, I'm one of your patients and I've had the Cleveland Heart Panel. Does the inside tracker test provide any new insights that I'm not getting with the Cleveland Heart Panel? Uh, they claim to uh, provide your inner age. And, and I had not heard of the inside tracker. Um, is that something that you're aware of and that you know of on the Cleveland Heart? I think it's on the Cleveland Heart Panel, if I'm not mistaken. There's a lot of things on the backside of the Cleveland Heart Panel that um, I don't know. I don't pay attention to the inside tracker test, really. So, no. Um, you know, I like to analyze the data in there and, and make my own judgments about it. But, um, you know, there's different ways to kind of figure out somebody's uh, biologic age in contrast to their chronologic age. But, um no, I don't really rely on any of that stuff. I just like to look at, I do like the numbers and I like to talk to the patient and uh, look at the medical history and risk factors that they have for, um, you know, coming down with disease. Um, for example, like if, if your cholesterol is moderately high, but you've got an, a zero calcium score on your heart test. You're not a smoker. You have you don't have diabetes, hypertension. I don't worry about it so much. But so you have to look at the whole picture, and that's what sometimes um, uh, doctors aren't good at. It's looking at the whole picture. Um, I saw a guy. One of the last patients I saw today was a patient who was on two cholesterol medicines. Speaking of cholesterol, Robin's talking about it how it's overemphasized. I agree with Robin. Uh, his total cholesterol was 93. He was on two cholesterol medications and didn't feel good. And it's, cholesterol is way too low. Um, he had had some heart disease, so I'm okay with him being on a statin, but um, he certainly uh, was on um, way too much of it. So I cut him back. You know, cholesterol is one of those precursor hormones or molecules that you get your other hormones from down the steroid pathway, like testosterone and estrogen and, you know, cortisol, things like that. So uh, he was being over-medicated. Um, so you got to watch out for things. That's why you need a good family doctor to kind of tie everything together um, with all the different specialists that you see, because in their area, you know, they may overemphasize something, not looking at a, at uh, another side effect or possibility. Like some of the GI guys put every everybody on a PPI, like a meprazole, to cut their acid out of their stomach because it helps their reflux. But they don't look at the the downstream effects of leaving somebody on a PPI for months and years. You know, it's bad. Uh, there are cases when they may have to, but most of the time, no. So you have to look at the whole picture. And that's why with all the specialists and their many tools to treat that one disease, you know, they may go after it so hard that it leaves another area exposed and uh, the patient may not have somebody that can kind of tie it all together and, and look at their overall health and uh, look 10 years ahead of what may happen to them. I told another new patient, I always look 10 years ahead um, at what you are going to be like. Um, I'm not just looking at they, then. I'm going to try to 
predict what you're going to be like in 10 years from now and try to stop uh, some of the ravages that aging can do to you. Um, is that kind of how, how you coach patients to think of their own health is to, you know, think about who you want to be health wise 10 years from now and then make decisions today based on that. Yeah. Right. Right. What you do um, now depends on what's going to happen to you. So, yep. Um, um, well, speaking of a, we got a gut question here that I want to get to and, and, uh, it kind of ties into what we were just talking about. Um, doc said that if your gallbladder has been removed to take digest shield, my PCP prescribed, uh, Colsevelum, 625 milligrams for diarrhea. I never needed it, but now needs something. And the question is, will digest shield do the trick and how often? Um, uh, yeah, I'll try the digest shield first, you know, uh, cholestipid, you know, that's just another, um, what that does, it is a cholesterol medicine, but it helps diarrhea because it kind of helps bring the water in to the gut so that you'll eliminate it. Uh, you'll form some bulk. It's almost like it's not fiber, but it's kind of related to fiber. So I'm not against it at all. Um, it also may drop your cholesterol if you're worried about that. Um, if you have uh, too much absorption from your gut of cholesterol. Some people make more cholesterol, their liver cranks it out. Other people just take too much up from the gut. Um, so um, people that have their gallbladder removed don't store the bile at all really. So they need digestive enzymes to help break down the fats and uh, so I would start there. It's a more natural way to do it. So I'm not against that medicine. If nothing else works for the di chronic diarrhea that some people get after a cholecystectomy. Uh, but I'd sure probably rather give you digest shield and fiber uh, first uh, before that. So, um, uh, and, and he does, does ask, work. they ask how often? Um, uh, uh, twice, a, twice a day at, at the minimal. Just try to do it um, 30 minutes before lunch and 30 minutes before supper, if you can time it that way. If you don't, fine, get two of them in a day. Um, but that's, and I've had some people that have pretty bad problems with IBS and things, and I'll have them take it three times a day. Mm. But I do like digestion because it has all, all the stuff you need in it. Um, you know, plus, in addition to the uh, digestive enzymes that you need for sure. Good question. Um, thank you. Thank you for that question that came over uh, through email. Uh, we're going to get to a, a hormone question here. Um, let's see. Being late to the HRT game, as in approximately five years after menopause, do you think that some of the aging skin, et cetera, can actually reverse slash improve or just stop declining from this point uh, on? So it seems that this is a hormone question as it relates to yeah. just overall aging. Yeah, I think it can, you know, uh, reverse some of the things that happens to you. You know, gosh, a lot of skin creams can reverse damage to your skin. And certainly you want to work from the inside out, starting with nutrition and then hormones and then sleep, you know, certainly. But, um, you know, we like to ideally start uh, bioidentical hormones as you go into menopause before you're actually fully there just so much evidence that it's it's more effective down the line but certainly i put people in their 80s on it that have never been on it 
So it's never too late. And certainly you can reverse some of those uh, aging effects on the skin and hair and vitality and all that. So no, it's not, it's not too late at all. And you, you have seen, you know, reversing some of the aging effects of, you know, maybe your hormones declining. Yeah. Um, cool. All right, let's go to a, this is a test, a hormone test question. Uh, thoughts on blood versus saliva testing for hormones. Uh, this is a common question. Um, and, you know, I know kind of what we do in office. What, how, how are you looking at it? Well, we can do both, you know. Uh, I prefer the blood test for the hormones just because I've been doing it for so many years. And I know how to interpret them. Again, you need a baseline blood test, but you go more by symptoms. Um, and you want those those ratios, especially of estrogen to progesterone, be kind of right. But if you read, if you do a lot of research and you read the books in some clinics, just do salivary testing uh, because it supposedly is more representative of the tissue levels. Uh, but I've found them to be very onerous to interpret. A lot of it depends on what you ate and, you know, and your state of hydration. So I've found them to be all over the board. So I do better with blood tests. Some people that I guess been working with just saliva for years, maybe do better with that, but they're both uh, good ways to measure that. Now, when I measure a cortisol level, I do a four point salivary cortisol test for adrenal function. I prefer the, the salivary test because you, you have to do it four times and you're not going to get four blood tests in one day. You have to do it at eight, 12, five and 10 at night. So that's a really good uh, measure of, uh, cortisol changes during the day. So I like that one, but generally we do blood testing. Um, but if, if you request salivary, we do that too. Um, um, all right, let's go to a, let's see here. Where, where am I at? Um, let's go to this one. Uh, this is a general question. Uh, it's ask Dr. Rogers, what is the best form of nitric uh, oxide? And uh, nitric oxide, of course, came up um, in the uric acid uh, podcast you did. Um, how are you? Uh, what's your What's your favorite form of nitric oxide? Is uh, are they thinking the right way? Well, you know, you almost have to use a precursor to stimulate your body to form nitric oxide. Uh, my favorite one's probably tadalafil. Um, you know, we always talk about, uh, but the, there's other ones that can. They can do it, the precursors and, um, you know, your, your B vitamins can help you with that along with glutathione. Um, but I love Tadalafil. I, I give it to men and women. Uh, you know, we talked about using it pre-workout and it's, it's pretty effective for dilating uh, small blood vessels and even improving organ flow of those blood vessels. So, um but there are some other precursors. I'm trying to think of some of the others that, that we've used is in supplement form. Um, I'll think of it in a minute. But, um, there's quite a few of them that work, and there's a lot of different formulations. Um, you know, some of the audience may have their favorite forms they can plot up there, but uh, very important. Really um, so, guys, if you if you have a precursor to nitric oxide that you like. Uh, put in the comments. We'll share it. Uh, try to bring as much uh, value to to the the question uh, there. Um, all right, let's go to a uh, another vitamin question. Uh, so I, I kind of condensed this a little bit. So the question is: They're taking a lot of the individual 
vitamins that we recommend. Um, and because of that, or maybe just because we don't talk about multivitamins a lot, um, they're not taking a multi, uh, vitamin. Uh, so let's, we're going to talk about multivitamins in this question. Which one do you recommend that won't put us over the limits if we're already doing many of the other supplements you've yeah. talked about? Uh, quercetin. C. It's very, it's going to be very hard in a multivitamin to overdo the other limits. The problem with multivitamins is that, you know, you're not going to get enough C or D uh, or magnesium. So you still have to take the individuals, but I do like, uh, a, a multivitamin because it's going to have all the other stuff like manganese and boron and some of the different B vitamins. If you're not specifically taking a B complex vitamin. Um, so I like the life extension two a day, but I only take one a day uh, because I take all these other ones. So that's a good one. It's, it's a lot more effective than something to say like a Centrum Silver. Um, but we're working on looking at a few other multivitamins, uh, get in that um, may even be a little better. I, I like the, the life uh, extension one, but you better take it with food because it's it's pretty potent. It has a lot of stuff in it. It may make you nauseate if you don't take it with food. So I, I'll limit that to one a day. That's all I need because I take a lot of other vitamins. But it's going to be very hard to overdose uh, on that through, through doing that. Just don't get enough. All right. Thank you for, for that question. Um, this is a, uh, a, uh, keto vor diet. Um, I, I hadn't heard this term before. Um, a friend is giving a glowing account of mood enhancement, increased energy, weight loss, and resolution of gut issues on the keto vor diet. Um, she has eaten very little red meat in the past. Uh, what's your thoughts? I mean, I've never heard the term keto vor personally. I guess it's a mixture between keto and carnivorous diet, meat diet. Uh, so, you know, um, it, it, it may help you. It may cause more gut issues. Some people don't digest red meat very well. Um, so you have to watch out for that. Certainly check your TMAO levels on your Cleveland to look at, see if you should be eating red, a lot of red meat and just listen to your gut. See, see how you digest things. If you're having more energy on that, um, fine. Um, but it, it may be a good combination for certain people that uh, need to lose weight by a modified keto diet, low carb, uh, and yet get you know, all the proteins and, and fats they need through meats. Um, so I'm certainly not against it. Uh, mood enhancement probably comes from the low carb because uh, high glycemic carbs cause a lot of brain fog, I think, and insulin resistance. Uh, but yeah, I, I bet it does work for weight loss. Um, I bet it does. See how you digest the meat. And again, I, I'm almost like a, a person that eats a lot of, I'm almost like a pescatarian. I like uh, a lot of fish and uh, vegetables and that type of thing. Uh, but great. Ketovore diet. Sounds ketovore like, diet. Try if you're struggling. I mean, people respond to different diets differently. Yep. You know, some of them do great. I know people just strictly eat a carnivorous diet. Uh, that's all they eat, and they seem to do fine. I know people who are vegetarians, and vegans that do really well too. Um, so it all it's it's individual. Um, I, I think you know a big part of that is just is 
recognizing how you, how you feel on these different diets and, and look at that as much as anything, you know, what's giving yeah. you more energy, what's not. And I think that was what was interesting with, you know, our explain this episode on the low carb diet where, you know, Robin kind of details herself going on a low carb diet when she hadn't ever really done that. And she had like some su surprising insight that she wouldn't have thought until she did it. And one of them was just how much clearer she was thinking. Uh, yeah. You know, it's just, it's fascinating. No doubt. No doubt. Um, okay. So this is another hormone question. Uh, and I love, I love these types of hormone questions because it, uh, you know, it allows us to really get in the weeds uh, with hormone therapy, which you really have to do in order uh, to get the best results from it. Um, one thing I read recently mentioned the progesterone piece of the HRT would be best pulsed as in only 10 to 14 days a month, as opposed to daily with the other hormones to be more physiologically. And it, and it goes on to be more physiologically correct the way our bodies have had it for years. What's your thoughts on, uh, on pulsing? Yeah, I like it. I had a lady today that uh, is doing very well with pulse therapy. She's younger, you know, not really near menopause, has normal periods, but needs progesterone support. And uh, so I give it to her for 10 to 12 days on the latter part of the cycle, usually days 12 through 24 um, or 14 through 26, somewhere in there. Uh, depends on the length of their cycles. But it is more physiologic um, for sure in those that are still having periods. And remember, progesterone is one of the first ones to drop out and you still have estrogen going. And when it finally drops out, you go into full-blown menopause and have all the symptoms of hot flashes, night sweats, et cetera. But uh, so some people I will pulse. Now, one thing, if, if you get to the point where you're 50, 52, and you're headed, you're going into full-blown menopause, um, a lot of women do, do not like to have a cycle when they're 60 years old. They're relieved when they don't. So you just pulse them daily, you know, just, you know, pulse them, you give it to them daily and it helps them sleep, you know, so you can certainly take it every night. This is a bioidentical natural hormone. So, um, most of those prefer taking it nightly. So if you're younger and want to cycle, have a lot of PMS symptoms and, you know, you can certainly uh, cycle the progesterone that way. But if you're menopausal or, or through it, you don't want to risk having a period, um, then you should probably just take it nightly. That's the way most of them prefer. But I've had a few that just really wanted to keep cycling, and that's fine with me. Uh, Would it be better for them um, if they if they do want to cycle, even though that may not be something they want to do, but would it be like, would the hormone work better? I don't think it'd be necessarily better. Okay. Um, to be honest with you. Uh, you know, there's certain advantages to quit cycling, you know, not have to worry about the, the changes. It's there's some, something you said at a certain age about having your hormones nice and level, you know, uh, Kind of like, yeah. kind of like men do usually, you know, um, it's more of an even thing. All right. That's a great question. Thank you, uh, for that. Um, and I, I, I didn't put this in here, um, because it does refer to a study and, and, uh, we, we did not get to it in time in order for you to look at it, but it, it's on metformin and, uh, just all the, you know, things that it's good for essentially. Um, it, 
in general, uh, are there new things that are coming out about metformin that you're becoming aware of or have known uh, to be true for a while? I know you're a big fan of metformin. Uh, yeah, I don't know what the question is, but uh, do I know any new? I haven't heard anything groundbreaking lately, but um, I do like metformin, especially people that need to lose weight. They're insulin resistant, have metabolic syndrome. There's a lot of people that think it may prevent cancer and it well, certainly uh, helps obesity. And I, I'm and looking at the email now. And, and uh, so there's a couple different bullet points and that the study talks about late life, late life metformin treatments limits cell survival and shortens lifespan is one bullet point. Uh, metformin exacerbates aging associated mitochondrial dysfunction, causing fatal ATP exhaustion. Um, and then the other bullet point is old cells fail to upregulate glycosis as compensatory response to metformin. So they're getting pretty deep into this. Um, any, anything kind of stick out to you there? I think in most people, the benefits outweigh the risk. I've seen some of the same studies and, you know, um, my gut feeling is if, if you if you're maintaining a lean weight with it, if you feel great with it, if it you know keeps you from overindulging in carbohydrates, then you should you should take it. And uh, you're always going to find negative studies on metformin or aspirin or some of the other common anti-aging drugs. Um, and it seems like you know when you listen to a lot of the experts uh, at some of the meetings and all. And, they reveal what they personally take. Almost every one of the speakers takes metformin. But, um, so, um, if you're, but if you're worried about it, you know, or your renal functions off or, you know, you experience some GI distress with it, just take berberine. Um, um, and I'm going to, we're, we're going to go to another question that came on over email and I'm just going to kind of ask you directly. Uh, Cause I think it's a good one. Uh, what are the long-term effects of daily OTC nasal decongestants, Dristin, Nasonex, et cetera, using them daily and continuously? Um, any thoughts on that, doing that as a, like a regular routine? Well, you know, I don't like it on a regular routine. Again, uh, Dristan and things like Afrin, Afrin, those are decongestants. Nasocort and Flonase are not decongestants. They're nasal steroids. And... So certainly if you use a decongestants and you're going to get addicted to them, then when you stop using them, your nose immediately stops up. So I don't like use of some of these Afrin-like drugs for over a few days at a time. Okay. Otherwise it's going to cause problems. Um, and as far as the nasal steroids, I prefer them seasonally. One thing that, um, and certainly we've used them post COVID for long haulers for smell and clearing up those sinuses, but it does tend to work really well, but it can uh, cause nasal sores because you're squirting a steroid up there. You know, if you do it for prolonged periods of time, you have a tendency to have staph infections. It, it could make them worse. So I, I think intermittently is probably a better way to use it seasonally hmm. or uh, certainly if you have a cold or sinus infection, you can't breathe. You need to open up that those sinuses and eustachian tubes and use use it short term on the nasal decongestants all right well let's let's go to one more here that came over uh, a couple hours ago on email so i'm just going to read it off to you uh because i i think this is a good one as well uh this is i am 68 and my doctor has suggested i take a supplement like perfect protein for protein and amino acids 
What do you suggest? Do you like this brand or do you prefer another along these lines? Um, so it's the perfect protein is the brand. Yeah, I like the perfect protein. Isn't that the one we went down to Chattanooga for that seminar one night? Uh, one I stormy do. Night, I, uh, I do think it is actually. Health and nutrition. Yeah. It, yeah, I think it's a good product. You know, it's expensive. Um, maybe the only drawback, but it does have uh, some good, especially if you're needing to lose weight or, you, you know, you're protein deficient and all that. Uh, it tastes pretty good as well. So, um, but uh, keep an eye on your blood markers when you take any overabundance of, of protein because it can cause, you know, if you get too much protein, it can cause kidney problems and uh, can certainly your liver can start cranking out sugar if you over protein it. Um, so you don't need a ton of protein, but uh, you do need it. So, yeah, I like that perfect protein. I think it's a pretty good one. All right. Well, uh, guys, we're going to go into the comments now and take some live questions. Uh, if you sent in a question and I did not get to it, um, shoot me another email. That means I'm, that means I completely, uh, missed it and I'll make sure I get it, uh, in the, in the next show, uh, Tuesday next week. Uh, but we're going to go into the comments here and, uh, answer any questions you guys have. And, um, uh, so if you have a question for doc, go ahead and put them in now. Uh, I'm going to start with, uh, my friend Keto Bandito, does Doc have an opinion on the safety of dental implants, titanium versus zirconia? Man, that's a good question. I, 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 you know, certainly, man, it seems like everybody's getting dental implants now. You know, one of my best friends has had seven this year. Hmm. Um, so I don't know. I'll have to ask uh, Dr. Bateman. Uh, you know, on that one, I'll have to, I'll get back on you on that one. Maybe uh, we'll answer that. I'll, I'll kind of buzz him up and if he's listening and he can give an answer tonight, sometimes he listens in, but uh, um, so I don't know. I don't know. I'm not, oh, I'd hate to make a guess on that. Um, all right, Keto, we'll keep you, we'll keep you posted on that. Thank you for, for putting that in. Um, let's see here. Let's go to, um, Margaret here, could low estrogen cause long COVID sim, uh, COVID like symptoms? Could low estrogen cause long COVID like symptoms? You know, low estrogen can certainly cause a lot of um, problems. Um, long COVID is more like fibromyalgia, and really, low estrogen doesn't cause fibromyalgia, um, but COVID can cause symptoms that act just like fibromyalgia where you just have or chronic fatigue syndrome, certainly. And it's, it's a bear to treat, you know, we see it every day in there. Um, but certainly, you know, you want to tune up your estrogen for your bones, your brain, heart protection, uh, hair, skin, everything. Uh, that's what makes a female a female. And even males need some estrogen, just, you know, uh, you don't want to get too much or too little. Uh, because it does have bone and heart protection. Uh, so um, I don't think in itself, just low estrogen is going to mimic long COVID or fibromyalgia or, or uh, chronic fatigue syndrome. But um, always look at those levels and be your best. You know, when you want to tune that up and, and uh, give yourself every, every advantage as you age. 
Good question. All right. Uh, Tracy, what's going on? Great to see you in here. Uh, I got to put this up here because uh, Evangelon made it today. I'm always pumped when Evangelon's here with us live. He's, uh, it seems like you've been, you know, working uh, super hard, man. Uh, so glad to, to, to have you here tonight. Thank you for uh, hanging out with us. Um, let's see uh, if I can find another question. Uh, Iran wants to know a little bit more about uh, uric acid. I watched uh, the doc video on uric acid. What test is done to see what your level is, please? It's just a blood uric acid level test. Um, uric acid, where everybody thinks of it as, as being a test for gout, which it is. Um, it's all really defined by, by how you metabolize purines. And that's a substance that is found mostly in foods like red meats and shellfish, um, alcohol, um, organ meats. And some people uh, don't break this down very well. And it, it can cause a, a metabolic syndrome like insulin resistance. So when we see a high uric acid level on like the Cleveland heart panel, which it's on, then we start worrying about insulin resistance and metabolic syndrome, uh, of course, which is insulin resistance or diabetes, prediabetes, high blood pressure, high lipids, uh, and usually associated with obesity. So, um, Certainly, if you have a high uric acid level, it can predispose you to having gout. Not everybody with a high uric acid level has gout, but uh, a lot of them do. And certainly, the, the more important ramifications are with your metabolic syndrome. You know, you can almost put uric acid in there as a measure for the fourth metabolic syndrome uh, hmm. marker. So it's just important uh, to look at that level and try to get it down. And you can do that with you know, various supplements that I mentioned in the video today. Um, some people we even have to put on medicines for it, like allopurinol, uh, probenicid, um, and treat acute gout attacks with colchicine, which is something we use for COVID a lot. And as a matter of fact, maybe very cardioprotective. Um, colchicine is a great anti-inflammatory uh, medicine. Take too much of it, you may have diarrhea, but... Uh, yeah, look at your uric acid levels, and if it's high, it's another marker uh, for metabolic syndrome. All right, thank you for that, Iram. And, and uh, Roel has another question uh, around uh, the podcast today um, on uric acid. Um, doctor spoke about tart cherries on the podcast. If they are out of season, does he recommend a supplement for minor pain? Uh, seems as a replacement for the for the tart cherries. Yeah. Well, you can get them all year round for sure. You know, I have them in the, in the little dried, uh, the dried fruit. You've seen them in my house, Ben. Uh, yep. So you can do that. Take them, you can tart cherry juice. So it's a year round thing um, that you can get. Um, you know, anything fresher is better, of course. But cherries are very low glycemic as well. Um, is there out of the, um, the supplement for minor pain? I like curcumin. Yeah, that's 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 one of my favorites, which is turmeric. Um, and I like a collagen supplement. I love the keto collagen uh, supplement that we have uh, that helps joint pain. So curcumin um, and uh, tart cherry juice or the fruit itself are good. 
Um, gosh, there's so much stuff for minor pain. Uh, I like CBD for minor pain. Um, so there's a lot of supplements out there that help it. Uh, and sometimes I push the uh, dose a little bit higher than you'll look at on the bottle for uh, curcumin. It's very safe. Um, a lot of the orthos use it. Um, all right, Roel, thank you for, for that. Um, Ruth on Facebook asks, I would like to try serapeptase for my varicose veins. I had gallbladder surgery last week. Should I wait for a while to start it? Or if so, how long should I wait? Also, yeah, can I use garlic, turmeric, fish oil, or E while taking it? Yeah, um, you can. Uh, there's some evidence that it may help uh, for varicose veins. Uh, it's kind of those all-purpose uh anti-inflammatory, antioxidant supplements. They'd say it helps a lot of even metabolic syndrome. Um, so um, I'd wait probably after your gallbladder about four weeks before adding a lot, except I'd go ahead and start supplementing with digestive enzymes. You can use Digest Shield if you want, but because uh, it, it messes your gut flora up a little bit, and you're going to need to be able to digest fat. So I would get that, but you got to watch out for vitamin E and fish oil. Garlic and turmeric are safe right now, probably. Vitamin E and fish oil, wait a month. You know, they can thin your blood a little bit. If you had any minor bleeders, or, you know, you could theoretically, probably wouldn't bother you, but that's generally what I tell people, you know, before doing those, those kind of things like fish oil or vitamin E, um, which are certainly great. But uh, and make sure you get the, the uh, natural vitamin E. Uh, supplement as well, not the synthetic. All right. Hope uh, that helps Ruth and uh, speedy recovery recovery to you. Um, let's go to to Jack here on on YouTube. Um, Jack asks, I don't ha I don't have problems falling asleep, but I wake up several times a night and have difficulty difficulty staying asleep. I start taking magnesium at bedtime, which seems to be helping some. Any suggestions? Uh, this is a common. Uh, common uh, thing we hear yeah. about. Uh, yes. What's your thoughts? Especially as you get older, it's harder to sleep for sure. Um, you know, babies sleep the most. And as you, as you get older, the less you sleep, except for when you're a teenager, you can sleep a long time, but um, when you're growing, but I love magnesium for sleep. Um, it works really well. There's a lot of different forms. I like the neuromag, which is three and eight. You know, if you get constipated and you use it, that just take the, the mix of, cit of citrate and ox oxide, magnesium oxide. Um, but there's glycinate, which I love for brain function as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, you might even want to try the, you know, the extended release melatonin. Certainly, as we get older, older we produce less melatonin. The problem with melatonin, if you use the immediate release, which is most of them, it will kind of help you fall asleep, then you'll wake up. So um, uh, take an extended release, take magnesium. If you're a woman, take progesterone, only oral hormone I like to use. Um, and, you know, see what kind of patterns you have. That's why I love my aura ring. You've got yours, Ben? Let's see your aura ring. You got one? That's great for yeah. seeing how, how how long it took you to get to sleep, sleep latency. Um how many periods you were awake, it'll tell how much deep sleep, how much REM, when you got the REM, when you got the deep sleep. 
um, how restless you were, what's your body temperature, your heart rate variability, your heart rate itself. So get a get an aura ring if you're really struggling and and try different supplements and see which one of them works the best for you. So definitely take the magnesium. It prevents cardiac arrhythmias, helps bowel movements, uh, helps mood. It's almost like a little Valium before you go to bed at night. Uh, so I really do like it. Another way, good way to get magnesium is to an Epsom bath, salt bath. And that is real. That's like taking a drug when you get in there and you fall asleep. It's just fantastic. Um, so you can do that. Um, and try not to nap too much during the day. Avoid eating or drinking late, especially caffeine or alcohol uh, late at night, that type of thing. All right. Thank you for, for that question, Jack. We're going to go to um, uh, to my, my good friend Steve on Facebook. Uh, Steve asks, can a DNA test reveal information about the best type of diet for a person? I think this is fascinating. And if there is a DNA, DNA test, I need to I need to take it. What, what's your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, there's ones out there that are purported to be able to give you that type of information, like the blood type diet that some people swear by. Um, you know, uh, it just depends on, you know, I don't need to use a test like this. Usually you can usually tell, um, like if a person needs to lose weight, you know, they need less carbs and they do intermittent fasting. Um, so remember only about 15% of what happens to you is because your DNA, the rest of it's environmental. So, um, so I don't rely on that kind of test to, to tell me about a person's diet, but I'm sure in the future, you know, there's so many gene mutations uh, out there um, and inflammatory markers that can be helpful, uh, like the TMAO, uh, the, the MTHFR, certainly they can affect uh, things. And you can, of course, you ask Robin, you can even, map out your entire gut microbiome and so i think that's probably more important than the dna test uh for a particular type of diet in my opinion great question thank you for that steve uh, so good to see you man um okay let's go to 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 dd here on youtube um i use two um uh neil meds and i think um neil med saline packets with two cups of distilled water this is for a neti pot neti pot uh yeah. okay so, so it seems yeah. that this might be a, a, a suggestion for people. So um, uh, for people with maybe some science. Nasal, nasal. Yeah, that's great for you should use us saline uh, neti pot treatments or just nasal irrigation. Very good for those with uh, chronic sinusitis. Um, a lot uh, better than using Afrin every night for sure. Uh, thank you for, for that comment, Didi. Um, it seems coal miners daughter, what's going on? Uh, Watch the uric acid video today. Thank you so much for uh, for watching that. Um, okay, let's get to. Uh, uh, let's see, I did not mean to put that up there, Margaret. Sorry. We're gonna go to uh, Kathy. What do you think a person that has a complete hysterectomy and takes only estradiol is this good? It's better than taking nothing. You know, we used to think that a person that had a hysterectomy didn't need progesterone because we know that. Um, you can't take unopposed estrogen if you have a uterus because it can overstimulate the uterus and maybe predispose you to uterine cancer. Um, but, you know, 
that's ignoring the 400 other things that progesterone does. And again, there's a difference between medroxy progesterone, which is synthetic and natural bioidentical progesterone, which is safe. Um, and it's protective against breast cancer. Um, it uh, protects your breast. It, it helps your mood, helps you sleep. That's why I like to dose it at night. It's the only oral hormone that I really like to use. Um, so in my opinion, you still need uh, progesterone for all the benefits. Uh, you also probably need testosterone. Women need it just like men do. Uh, and also DHEA maybe, uh, which is a precursor to testosterone, especially in women. It's an adrenal hormone. It's uh, useful for a lot of reasons. Um, so, yeah, I think you need to look at all of them. I really do. Just because, you you know, one day you have your uterus and you have all your good hormones. The next day you don't need the other stuff. So it doesn't make sense to me. Um, it's not absolutely mandatory, but to me it would be. Um, for a lot of reasons, it helps you. Progesterone can help you keep weight off too, but if you overdo it, it could cause you to gain weight. So you have to monitor the ratios and all. And remember, progesterone will downregulate estrogen, so it, it kind of is a protectant from getting too much estrogen. Um, so, uh, great question. I hear that all the time, and most of most of the GYNs will say, "Well, you don't need progesterone, but you do. It has a lot of other functions." besides protect your uterus from cancer. All right. Thank you for that, Kathy. Um, let's see here. Let's go to Kevin on uh, Facebook. What do you recommend to, to treat gout? You, you touched on this a, a little bit uh, with the uric acid uh, podcast. What, what, what are you well, thinking? For gout? An acute case of gout is very painful. It's one of the more painful things you can experience. I mean, it usually hits your big toe and you, you'll pull the sheet up at night over your big toe and it's excruciating. Um, so, you know, I get pretty aggressive early. Um, you know, you don't need to worry about treating acute gout by lowering your uric acid levels or something like allopurinol will make it worse acutely. But so I use Indocin as my favorite nonsteroidal anti-inflammatory. It can be harsh on your stomach if you take too much of it, but it really is the best anti-inflammatory for uh, gout. Now, colchicine is a great treatment, too. You can actually dose it every two to four hours until that pain's gone or dose it until you get diarrhea. Um, so, uh, and also, it, sometimes I'll hit you with three days of prednisone, uh, which is safe, and it really will knock it out. So somebody comes to me with a bad case of a tophus, gouty toe, painful, then I'll, I'll hit them with a little dose of steroids and maybe indocin or colchicine. And then after their gout episode, when they're stable, of course, measure their uric acid level. And I may use medications or vitamins to bring that down. Uh, so to prevent further episodes and maybe talk to you about cutting out some of the things that may have precipitated it. Um, All right. Thank you for, for that ke uh, question, Kevin. Um, I'm going to put this up here for, uh, for, for Kathy, um, uh, cause I know you can't see the YouTube comments. Uh, so Kathy was talking about, uh, what do you think about tart cherry tablets? It seems that, you know, keto's, uh, um, comment here, tart cherry extract is, is a good one to think about if you guys are wanting to, um, take, uh, cherries year round. Uh, so thank you for that, uh, keto bandito. Um, let's go to, to, to Motaz here on YouTube. Um, 
is there a specific procedure pre-testing of a certain type to use metformin for insulin resistance? Um, of course, you know, you'll want to get um, your baseline cleaving, which is going to have an insulin level on there. Um, but a lot of times I'll get uh, to see if you have insulin resistance. Of course, your sugars are probably going to be normal because your insulin is just going to keep going up to keep your blood levers, levels even until, boom, you get so insulin resistant, they won't work, and boom, you have diabetes or prediabetes. So I like to do something called an insulin tolerance test. And that means you come in the office, you draw a fasting insulin, and then I'll send you out to Panera Bakery or somewhere to get a, uh, a bagel with jelly on it and then come back, you know, about an hour after you eat that and we'll check another uh, non-fasting insulin level. If it pops way high, then you're probably insulin resistant. Uh, and I look at measure belly fat and that also, because if you've got a lot of belly fat, you're probably going to be insulin resistant. Um, and of course, a uric acid level as well. Um, triglycerides, measure all those to, to see but to, that's what i like to do and then uh, you, you can certainly use uh, metformin uh, in that you know manner um, there are some genetic testing you can get to see if you tolerate your if your dna kind of works with certain medications like metformin or different statins it's it's done through a cheek swab, but the problem with those are inconsistent. The, the ones I've used in the past, I've done them on me, and they're and insurance doesn't like to pay for them. They're expensive, and I'm not sure if they're entirely accurate. Um, I wish they were. It'll probably be the future. I'm not against it at all. I know some of your psychiatrists that rely on that test to tell you which one of their antidepressants or antipsychotics or anti-anxiety medicines are going to use on you. Uh, so great question, uh, Motaz. Uh, thank you for that, Motaz. And I want to go back up to Aram's question here to make sure I get this in. Um, and I'm, I'm not sure how to pronounce it. Is consulcilium fiber good? Uh, you might be able to tell what that is, uh, Doc. I don't know uh, about the brand. Is it console? I know psyllium fiber is good. That's what you're going to get if you take Metamucil or Benafiber, but yeah, it is good. Yeah, definitely good for everybody. Not many people get the 25, 30 grams of fiber they need daily. It's hard to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, let's, and that's something we don't talk enough about is fiber. And uh, so Aram also uh, asked here, are, are hair samples good? Are you, do you ever look at hair samples? Um, yeah, they're good for certain things like, uh, heavy metal toxicities and especially things like that. I guess that's what. Uh, so it's talking about lab testing uh, for diseases and things of that nature. Do you find hair samples uh, accurate? I've had a few people bring them in that they'd run at different labs, but, and it's certainly available through some of the labs, like your, your really your esoteric labs that, that do that. Uh, like, I'm sure Quicksilver does that and maybe doctor's data, but um, I just, they're not perfect. Let's put it that way. They're, okay. they're not, they're not really perfect, but because of the hair growth cycle is pretty long, you know, things will stay in there uh, in your hair sample. So like marijuana and 
and things like that will it'll be more detectable a month later but for for heavy metals it's probably really good for other diseases not not so sure about that super cool i honestly did not know that um it, it seems i i hope we've answered all the questions i'm gonna put this um uh comment uh up there for, for people, uh, from coal miner's daughter. Uh, my hub swears by, uh, lowering, lowering his sugar intake and the tart cherries in the can are used for the gout he had in his wrist last year. So that's something I can help with gout. Uh, sure. uh, hopefully that, uh, helps, uh, Kevin possibly. Um, and then I uh, see grandma Mary's watching grandma Mary. Uh, love you. Love you. Thank you for, for Hello, being, with, being with us tonight. Um, and you know what, I'm just going to put this up there because Roel is, uh, being uh, super kind. Uh, thank you for thank that. You. He's, he's saying hit the like button. So, you know, do what Roel says and hit the like button guys. Uh, we're going to, we're going to call it an thank evening. You. And, and. Um, when are you going to be coaching the tennis team this weekend or the tennis uh, I team? Am, okay, I am. Good, I'm going to be uh, uh, coaching the, or helping uh, volunteering uh, with the, the women's tennis team at, at uh, UT. So we play uh, Texas A&M, uh, Friday afternoon for the Knoxville people. If you're if you're in Knoxville, come out and 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 watch the the women play. They're they're phenomenal. Uh, they're so good. I've I really had a good time uh, hanging out and uh, getting to know the team and working with uh, Coach Allison and and Coach Jared. So uh, if you're in Knoxville, check that out. We'll be there uh, Friday afternoon and Sunday. And I was disappointed that uh, Tennessee lost in the NCAA basketball tournament, of course, since that's where we all went. But I was encouraged by the fact that my high school, Dobbins Bennett, won the state basketball championship um, for the first time in 79 years. So um, that was that a great was... little win there. So shout out to all those guys on yep. that team and Coach Poor and Kevin and all the – Brandon and all those guys, I mean, they did a phenomenal job as came in as underdogs where, you know, a lot of people were very surprised that they won, but um, not me. I thought they had a good chance and they certainly pulled it off against higher ranked teams. So that was really good. It's pretty cool to win a state high school championship of any kind. You know? uh, congrats to the, um, to the Davis Bennett basketball team. We're super proud of you. We of course are, uh, based um, out of Kingsport, Tennessee, which is where uh, Diamonds Bennett is. Uh, if you're in our area, we have an event next week. Uh, I'm just going to put this up there. Uh, it's a Zoglo event uh, put on by Performance Medicine. Uh, my sister Kelly and Yaz will be heading that up. Uh, it's Thursday, March 31st, 2 p.m. to 6 p.m. in our Johnson City office. Uh, you'll see this um, this flyer around. Uh, so if you're in town, check that out. Um, I most likely will be there um, so we can we can hang out and get our Zoglo on. Um, again, if you guys have not checked out the um, uric acid video, check that out. It's on YouTube uh, right now. And uh, we also had our Explain This episode with Robin on cholesterol. Um, so check those out. Uh, Doc, man, this is the best as always. Hey, thank you, Ben. You make it the best. Thank you. <laughs> You're very good. I, I've had a blast, guys. I love you all. Um, we will be back uh, Tuesday at 7. Um, if I missed your question, uh, please let me know. Uh, we do not want to miss questions. So let me know. I'll make sure it gets on next week's show. You can email me, uh, Ben at performancemedicine.net. Uh, and she is correct. Bianca is correct. We had a, um, a victory in Delray Beach, I think. Uh, your brother, Bob. Yeah. Um, 
he, he as a matter of fact, I saw him today. He limped in there. Uh, you know, pickleball is a strenuous sport, and I understand he was a little bit injured uh, with that. But I guess he still won, so um, won something. But uh, yeah, I think I could probably take Bob now. Really you know what? Him. And one thing we do have to, you know, we're uh, we're putting on or we're we're sponsoring uh, a couple pickleball tournaments at the Bristol Sportsplex in Bristol. Um, I think it's is that Tennessee, Bristol, Tennessee. That's or, Bristol, Tennessee. That is, yeah. So Bristol, Tennessee. Um, so if you want to play in, in in a pickleball tournament, we're putting on or helping uh, sponsor a, a pickleball tournament there, at Bristol Sportsplex. So we'll uh, expect some uh, some stuff around that. I, I don't know if you're going to play, Doc. Are you going to play? Yeah, I, I'm going to play in the next one. Yeah. There you go. Okay. Well, then because you're playing, I might have to play. Uh, put my name in the hat. Yeah, I don't and, think I want to play against you. Maybe play <laughs> with you, but not against you. All right, Doc. Uh, I'll see you here in a couple of days. It was good seeing you yesterday. And, uh, guys, we love you. We'll be back Tuesday at 7. Uh, stay tuned with everything that's happening on our YouTube channel. Uh, more to come uh, here in the next couple of days. So we'll see you guys soon. Uh, until then, I uh, hope everybody has a great week. I'm looking for my outro, and I found it. See you guys. Don't go away. Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode of the podcast. Uh, please share the podcast with your friends. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe. Uh, we will see you guys next time.